The sponsor for the Shepherd's Creek Podcast for the month of November is B&H Academic. B&H Academic is dedicated to providing trustworthy theological resources to serve you as you serve the church. Visit bnhacademic.com to find resources you need to help prepare sermons, tackle tough questions, and aid you in personal spiritual life. Also, starting November 20th through the month of December, you can get 40% off on all of their books. I'll provide the link in the show notes for that. And also, we're going to be providing the link for the giveaway that they're doing with us for the month of November. You can get five great books just by going to the link on Twitter or Facebook, signing up, and sharing. Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. The Shepherd's Crook exists to provide care, counsel, and resources for pastors. You can get more information at theshepherdscrook.co. My name is Jared Sparks, and I'm a pastor. Come alongside other pastors, reminding them of the chief pastor. Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time of the day it is that you're listening to this. It's morning for me. It's 4.46 right now as I look at the clock. And I'm having a great morning. I'm sipping back my second cup of coffee, and I'm excited to talk to you this morning about self-control. This is episode 66, and we are working through the qualifications of being an elder in 1 Timothy chapter 3. Let's just pray and ask for the Lord's help, and let's uh, just talk about the fun fun subject of self-control. Lord, we need your help and wisdom. There are areas of my life that I need to control. And these listeners have areas of their life that they need to get under control. And we don't need to be men who have all these different pockets of our lives that are just running wild and out of control. Help us to be self-controlled men. And help us to be more self-controlled. Self-controlled men want to be more self-controlled. So help us through the power of the Holy Spirit to walk in this. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, well, it's 1 Timothy 3. Let me go ahead and read it. This saying is trustworthy. If anyone aspires to the office of overseer, he desires a noble task. Therefore, an overseer must be above reproach, the husband of one wife, sober-minded, self-controlled. There it is. Now, I already did an episode on sober-minded. I did it out of order. So if you want to go back four or five episodes, you can find that one and listen in. Today, I want to talk about being self-controlled. What does it mean to be self-controlled? Now, in the virtues of self that are on the list in any bookstore or Twitter feed or Instagram self-care stuff, what you won't find is big, robust discussions about self-control. Because the self isn't to be controlled in the modern narrative. The self is to be pursued, not controlled. The self is not to be denied. It's to be embraced and to be loved and to be cultivated and to be cared for. But the Bible tells us Elders are to be self-controlled. In fact, it is a fruit of the Holy Spirit in Galatians chapter 5, being self-controlled. So what does it mean to be self-controlled? Okay, well, let's work through a couple of things here. I want to talk first about the idea in general, then specifically get into two aspects, the self-control over the body and then self-control over the soul. And I think this is crucial 
as we're walking as, as just healthy, holistically healthy men in a local church with people we get to serve. They need to be able to look at us, not as Superman, not as being Jesus, as we have like a savior complex or something like that, but they do need to see that we have tackled areas in our life that we used to not have control over, and now we do have control over. The trajectory of our lives, in other words, is one in which we are getting more and more self-control over the areas of our lives that are not healthy, okay? So first, let's just talk about self-control in general. Self-control a self-controlled man knows what it means to delay gratification. Years ago, there was a, a little study that was done with children, and uh, it was the marshmallow test. You can look online. I'll try to find it and put it in the show notes. But the marshmallow test for these children was, if you can look at this marshmallow for 10 minutes, you can have a second marshmallow, or you can eat this one marshmallow. Well, the kids ate, many of the kids ate the one marshmallow. They couldn't wait for the two. The ones that delayed gratification and waited, as they measured their lives over the years by measurable successful standards, you know, money and jobs and status and all those sorts of things, the ones who were able to delay gratification as a child were the ones who succeeded far and above those who couldn't delay gratification as a child. The self-controlled man is a man who knows what it means to delay gratification. He doesn't have to have right now what he wants. He can put it off. He can be temperate about his desires. He knows what it means to control desire. Now, desire isn't inherently bad. Not all desires are bad, but many desires of this life, the things that we want, the pride of life, the things that we want now need to be controlled. They need to be temperate, in which self-control and temperance, there's similarities there. But a self-controlled man has learned how to control his flesh and at least what to do with his flesh when the flesh is out of control. There are going to be times that we sin clearly every single day as pastors, but we have to know what to do with our fleshly desires. We have to know how to control them. They may still be there and raging strong, and we're going to have fleshly desire and temptation the rest of our lives. But the elder, the self-controlled man, is one who knows how to control those desires when they come raging in. They have a plan in place. They know how to, who to call, who to talk to, how to do this. They need to go for a run or they need to go for a hike or they need to uh, talk with their wife and they need to pray through this and get engaged in spiritual warfare, but they know what to do when the flesh rages on. The self-controlled man has control over his emotions, his emotional life. You know, as men, we, we often don't want to talk about our feelings or emotional life, but the self-controlled man knows how to control his emotions. He knows when it's the right time to cry, and it's the wrong time to cry. And he knows when he's emotional over a particular topic or when he's feeling sad, he knows that, okay, that is not an appropriate thing to feel sad over to this degree. And that kind of man can take control over those emotions and say to himself, "That's those emotions are lying to me. That is not true. And he's able to take control of the truth look at the truth and look at his emotions and say, no, I'm not going there. That's what self-controlled men can do. Self-control has to do with being control over your anger. There's pockets of the self that gets really angry at the wrong sort of things. You know, you can get angry at right things, but the other day, for instance, when something gets tangled up uh, for me, I, I have fits of rage at extension cords. And it sounds funny, and to some degree, if you look at it, it is kind of funny. 
but somehow an extension cord turns into a grappling hook for me and any little corner that it can connect to when I'm pulling it out or plugging it into something, it will get connected to and it will pull over a chair, it will open a car door, it will do something that miraculously, uh, that can only be described as miraculous. And I get angry and I'll pull or I'll get angry at it and grit my teeth and slam it on the ground. That is ridiculous and it is sin. And that's an area of my life that I've been working on. Fortunately, I've been getting better over the years about that. But still yet, when that extension cord turns into a grappling hook, I'll get angry. It rises up inside of me. What are the areas that drive you to unrighteous anger? And if we're going to be self-controlled, we need to know how to control those fits of anger. The self-controlled man doesn't have to have his way. If you have to have your way all the time, it's not just that you're a bully. It's that you are sinning in the area of self-control. You are not the master of yourself. And we have to learn how, through the power of the Holy Spirit, not independent from God, but through being dependent upon Him, we have to learn how to master those things in ourselves. Okay? Now, what does it mean to be self-controlled over the body and self-controlled over the soul? Okay? First, the body. I want to challenge you to not be owned by anything. Not be owned by anything in your life. Don't be beat by yourself in areas of your life. You know, that means that we're required to take care of our body. It is a lot easier to not work out than it is to work out. You know, I've noticed my wife's been telling me for about a year or so that my arms look really weak. Thanks, baby. Uh, but she's right. I've lost form. Over the years, I've stayed about the same weight. I've always been skinny and smaller. But my arms and my chest and my shoulders had to begin to sink, and I just looked like an old man. Well, I don't want to look like an old man. I've got two boys, and I don't want to be, when they're 18 years old, the grandpa dad who can't wrestle them and pin them to the ground. I want to be able to run till I'm old. I want to be able to lift up a piece of plywood over my head with no problem. I want to be able to take care of my family and protect them. And so I've got to be self-controlled. So my buddy Garrett has challenged me, hey, do pull-ups every day. And I started doing pull-ups every single day over the last two and a half weeks. And I'm going to keep up with that. So I'm adding that to my running and some of the calisthenics work. But the whole point is don't let areas of laziness and sloth over your body win. Don't do that. Let's control our bodies and be physically strong and not let sloth win. Find some area. This is just a challenge for you. Find some area of your life in which you lack self-control and just make it a discipline to say, okay, this year, we're coming up on a new year. Might, might as well make a New Year's resolution. Find some area that you lack self-control and say, this, this year, this is it. Okay, I'll open myself up to embarrassment here. I've always fished. I, I grew up fishing. But from the from an early age, I don't know if it was my dad or some. I was just terrified of fish, so I'd always to get the the hook off of a fish. I would put it on the ground, put my foot on it, get the hook out, and then put the fish back in the water. It made me nervous to touch it. I was thinking it was going to fend me or something like that. Well, a couple years ago, it was it I had had it. My son, you know, was getting older and wanting to fish, and I'd had it. I just done with that, and so that fear inside of me. I thought, this is the year. I'm going to be done with that. Well, you know what? I'm not scared anymore. I'm not scared of fish anymore. I could grab that fish and take that hook off, and I'm just not afraid anymore. Find some area of your life. Now, I'm working on keeping my office clean as a way of loving my wife and as a way of not being controlled 
and, and as a way of growing in self-control. Keep my office clean. Don't let my office kick my butt. So don't be in your body controlled by impulses. Control those impulses. And then let's talk about the soul, self-control over the soul. What is your spiritual disciplines like currently? It's not just sloth of body that we have to be watching out for. We have to watch out for sloth of soul. And sloth of soul can be sneaky. It really can. And we can wake up and go through our routines and realize through the day that we haven't prayed or heard from God. And then that's repeated the next day and the next day and the next day. I can't tell you how many pastors I know that have told me they have no robust life in their spiritual disciplines. And I want you to be controlled over your soul. And these are aspects that you'll many of your people will never see. There's a really good book by Eugene Peterson called Working the Angles, talking about working those angles that nobody will ever see publicly in your spiritual life in which require spiritual self-control. And I'll put that in the show notes and challenge you to go read that book, Working the Angles. But the pastor who's going to be self-controlled is going to be self-controlled over his soul, over his spiritual disciplines, over reading his Bible and hearing from God and going for a walk just to spend time with him, chewing on, meditating on the scriptures that he read that day, living his life, repenting of sin, the sin that came up as he's reading his Bible and the Holy Spirit begins to point on that particular area that needs to change. And what we don't do is just keep letting that area of self live on and on and on. Through Galatians 5, fruit of the Spirit, we begin to take control over the life of our soul by God's grace and by God's power. Okay? So final challenge, and then we'll be done. The pastor is to be self-controlled. The overseer is to be self-controlled. What area of your life right now is uncontrolled? What area do you lack discipline? And through the power of the Holy Spirit, control that thing. Look at it and tell it no more. Be done with it. Repent of it. Change and move on to the next thing. If we're going to be elders, shepherds of the flock, we are called to be self-controlled men. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit theshepherdscrook.co. For care and counsel, please call, text, or email to set up a session. You can follow The Shepherd's Crook on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And please consider sharing this episode and leaving a review on iTunes or whatever other podcast platform you use. And let me encourage you to remember Jesus Christ.